Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Congressman Cloud of the 27th District will be joining us. But first, let me tell you about the latest issue of Show Magazine featuring Brian Freed, who is the CEO of Epic Midstream, an amazing company. But you know what? There are also a lot more articles that really talk about what is happening in the energy space right now, energy transition and ESG. Be sure to visit shellmag.com, sign up for a free digital issue of Shell Magazine, and we'll continue to send you every single issue in the future. I'd also like to tell you about our event that's coming up in February 2nd, 2022. It is our annual State of Energy Houston. We have a great lineup. We will be joined by Chairman Wayne Christian of the Texas Railroad Commission, along with an excellent panel of guests, including Sean Strawbridge, CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy, Bruce Bullenweider, who is Vice President of Argus Media, and, and Phil Anderson, who is Senior Vice President for Enbridge. It's an event you don't want to miss. It will be a sold out event. So if you want to get tickets for this event or sponsor it, please be sure to visit shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-E-G.com. Remember the date is February 2nd, 2022. And now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It is. It's absolutely beautiful weather in Texas. It's starting. We're starting to see that change in fall, and uh, it's not gloomy doomy. It's it's cool and it's nice <laughs> and sunny and bright. So you're right. I love being in the oil patch this time of the year. Uh, let's jump in. You know, we are. Uh, there's a lot going on in D.C. We're going to talk about it right now in, in, in this upcoming segment. But we'll also want to say, you know, we're getting ready to be joined by Congressman Cloud for this interview. And I'm really excited because he hasn't been with us for quite some time. And there's a lot of stuff happening in D.C. A lot Certainly of it is, is. Uh, not quite making sense. So so our listeners definitely want to tune in to what Congressman Cloud has to say about what's happening in D.C. and oil prices <coughs> and uh everything else pertaining to energy. But let's start with oil prices that um, recently uh, the Biden administration uh, has been trying to convince India and other countries to flood the market with millions of barrels of oil uh, from their strategic petroleum reserves. But Goldman Sachs says that the fundamentals of the market really are unchanged and continue to support these higher prices. And, you know, we, we talk about this a lot since it started to float up to the top. And of course, you know, you, you know, you know a lot about this. Um, d- it, it tell us, uh, does this uh, the shell game where follow the balls over here? Because really, what we're trying to do is something over here out of yeah. out of visibility. What do you think? Is this going to do anything to change this? Uh, well, I no, I think Goldman Sachs is right. The, the fundamentals of the market are that it's an undersupplied market. Um, you know, Biden uh, could convince India and, and a couple of other countries to release oil from their own reserves. But, uh, you know, that's just a temporary measure. I mean, let's say let's say together they released 100 million barrels of crude oil onto the market. First of all, it would take weeks to accomplish that. 
Second of all, 100 million barrels is one day of consumption of oil globally, okay? So, so I mean, it would be a blip on the, uh, the screen, literally. It, it, would, it would just be a flash in the pan that might lower prices by dollar because the market would inevitably overreact to it. Frankly, the market has overreacted to just the suggestion of it. Uh, but then, then the price is just the market will restabilize and it'll just go right back to what the fundamentals are. And as Goldman Sachs says, the fundamentals support higher prices. And I, I don't really see uh, how that's going to end anytime soon. Well, you know, my question to you, though, is Goldman Sachs is a pretty high expert to believe and rely on. And here we have the administration who has, you know, their own experts in this area uh, and has plenty. Do they? I I don't know if the administration has any experts in this area. (laughs) Maybe they should hire people from Goldman Sachs because. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) uh, The other part of of my thought process on this is, do they really think that the American people I know they think we that the American people have very short uh, memories. We're, we're overwhelmed with all these things that are going on. So we're not going to notice that when he tells us that, well, this will result in lowering the gas prices in the U.S. First of all, is it, it does he think that this is going to work out just in time for Christmas so people can put something yeah. under the tree? But it's going to go right back. I think right that's back. exactly what he thinks, yeah. Okay, but yeah, and then when it goes right back, he'll he'll point the finger and, and try to blame the refiners for fixing prices or something. I mean, that's that's the game they're playing here. And it, and it does seem like one because we have these discussions and there's no logical explanation when we have energy domin- dominance right here. But then you have this administration stopping from day one, the Keystone Pipeline, which is the infrastructure. They're going right. after line five, which is Enbridge. And they continue to pass regulations that really stunt any ability for operators, or not any, but a lot of ability for operators to drill right here. And now it looks as though we're depending on other countries to supply. How is that in any way possible that we're going to lower our own gas prices, that we're going to lower our own? And you know, you're listening, uh, your utility bills have gone up, your grocery bills have gone up, you're paying higher at the gas pump. Do you, does anybody really believe that this is really truthful? And, and who? Uh, no, no. I mean, nobody in the Biden administration does and nobody, you know, I mean, I guess you probably have reporters at some of these media outlets who are, you know, too ignorant of how the market actually works, who may believe it. Um, but they're journalists. And, they're supposed to do research on right. this before they yeah, start Yeah, but writing. they don't. I mean, we all know they don't do research anymore. They just parrot whatever the administration and the environmentalists say. Um, and that's the sad state of the United States news media. So all this stuff gets reported in whatever language the administration environmentalists want it to be reported. And they rely on keeping the public ignorant about how the market really works. So that's your and I, my role and your role here at, at in the oil patch radio. And we get one hour a week and to try to offset it all. Um, but yeah, no, it's all a game. It's all just for politics. They're all hoping to get, you know, maybe get gas prices down a little lower before Christmas, knowing that uh, they'll just go right back up because they haven't changed the fundamentals of the market. And, you know, 
Well, you know, Congressman Cloud will be... politics. Exactly, and Congressman Cloud joining us later on in the show is going to yeah. probably be able to break a lot of this down, so we don't want our listeners right. to stay tuned. But but there's also, I don't think that the administration really even has the attention of these countries. They're trying to convince them. I think that they're also no. balking out the same way OPEC is, of saying, uh, yeah, no, we're not going to yeah. do that. Um, you know, your the, your policies f- don't make sense at all, even for the for your for your own country, why would we, you know, want to listen to you or assist you? Uh, really, probably well, not want part of the negative campaign right. either. And we saw this, uh, you know, when the president made his recent trip to Europe. Uh, he has no respect in these other countries. If, you know, people in the news media in these other countries openly mock him mm-hmm. uh, for being out of touch, senile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying things that simply are not true constantly. Uh, he has no respect on the world stage. Uh, and, well, you know, I just, I don't know what he might promise these other countries to get them to cooperate with him, but uh, it'll be some quid pro quo. It'll be, of course, uh, the American tax. Which he's expert at, by the way, as we saw with Ukraine. Yep. Well, you know, and it could be also this. So he's considering issuing an executive order to halt the U.S. exports of crude and uh, uh, crude oil and natural gas, too. Uh, yeah. These are the policies of the Jimmy Carter era. And that's, <laughs> and you know, you, you, we talk about, okay, so these other countries are not buying in on what Biden is selling. Even though they're going to benefit, they honestly realize, I think, that, like, this is ludicrous, insanity, it these is. policies. And so, of course, we're not going to follow you down the road, but you definitely are making our lives a lot easier. You're putting your country at a state of potentially uh, in, in, I think he's undermining our national security in many ways. Yes. Um, yes. Because a strong, and it's intentional. Yes, it's intentional. And we keep talking about that. And for, for what purposes are these intentional? And a lot has to do with the fact that, you know, uh, there is this. I guess, belief amongst a lot of the Democrat Party in D.C. I don't want to bring in uh, Texas Democrats and other Democrats in other states. I think that it's it's there's something wrong in D.C. like always. Um, but but what do yeah. you think is happening here? What is happening with the, the halting of the, we're finally energy independent after 40 years and we want to go back to being not energy independent? Well, you know, I write about this a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that that the goal is to make us dependent as a country uh, on energy uh, to OPEC and these other countries in order to diminish the standing of the United States. I think it's part, part frankly, of the environmentalist movement uh, because they want our country not to play a leading role in the world. uh, And they want high energy prices. And do we ever uh, follow the money of where this money comes from that actually funds all of these anti-oil and gas uh, agencies? Well, our news media certainly doesn't do that because they're all in on the deal too, right? I mean, they're not going to report on any of that and how much money comes from George Soros and the hundreds of front organizations he funds in this country. Um yeah, I mean, we know where it comes from. It comes from uh, Marxists and, and international globalists like George Soros, and that's who funds all this stuff. And you know, David, uh, and it funds uh, funded the Biden campaign for the presidency in large part, frankly. Correct. And you know, our listeners, and thank you for listening to us week after week. And hopefully, your memory is, is it, you still remember when we had that band. When we had that band, we were not as energy independent as we are now. We don't want to return to that. Um, 
And so we'll no, just, we don't for a lot of reasons. Yeah. We'll just continue to track and talk about some of these really insane policies that are coming out from the Biden administration pertaining to energy. But David, I'm excited. This is the end of this segment. And the next segment coming up, Congressman Cloud of the 27th District will be joining us. And hopefully he can <laughs> help us navigate through what the heck is going on in Washington, D.C. Uh, you're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founder Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662, or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. And now, David, it is time to welcome on our guest, Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. Congressman Cloud, welcome back to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Oh, thank you. Good to be back with you. Yeah, Congressman Cloud, before we get started uh, covering a lot of things that are happening in D.C., there's a lot of uh, oil and gas things happening or bills changing, infrastructure bill for one, which we'll be covering that, and the Green New Deal. Uh, I want to first just kind of remind our listeners that you took office in 2018 back in the previous administration, the Trump administration, uh, and that administration, uh, you were fairly new, and there was uh, a point in history where you actually were able to get on Air Force One. It's one of my favorite stories of my life, and I will (laughs) tell my grandchildren, um, because uh, we witnessed you, you know, uh, get an invitation to get on uh, Air Force One with President Trump at the time, and discuss some yeah. pretty important things that pertain back to Texas, especially South Texas. Can you go over that real quick with us about some of the things that occurred at the previous administration? Because as we get into the new administration, it might give some context to how different these two administrations are. Sure, yeah, it's definitely a different context. And I, I as you mentioned, had only been elected a few months. Um, and we had been working with the White House to kind of bring attention to what was going on in the Port of Corpus Christi there and the potential for us uh, to increase our capacity to, to export energy to the world. And uh, of course, that was important to our district, but we really saw it as a big win for the, the state of Texas, but also the nation uh, in helping uh, meet meet the trade deficit that was happening for us to, to in that, be a big part of uh, what was going on in the transition from being an oil energy dominant or dependent nation to an energy dominant nation. And so it perfectly fit in with what needed to happen in our nation. And so we had been working with the White House uh, to, to make the case for it, to let them know of the potential that was there. And, uh, and so uh, eventually, I guess it got time to talk to the president about it. And so I, I remember we were actually going into, I was with my family, I think it was a Saturday and we were going into the aquarium uh, and, and I got the call from my chief and it was funny because it came as a question, you know, it said, uh, uh, the president's going to be in Texas on Tuesday and wants to know if you could fly back with him and talk 
talk to him about what's going on uh, in Corpus Christi and, and about that project there. And, and of course, like, it was funny. That was a question to me. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure out how to make that one work. I don't know what's on the <laughs> Let me check my Tuesday, calendar. But... <laughs> I'll get back with him, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can clear the day. <laughs> you know, so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you said something um, pretty important, though. You said uh, in that administration, the Trump administration, that he really wanted to work towards energy uh, independence and dominance versus energy yeah. reliance on other countries. And uh, that's what today's show is going to be about is, is the differences mm -hmm. between the administration and what's been happening in D.C. now, uh, you being the congressman of the 27th district. Let me just switch gears before we really jump into that and start discussing, uh, you know, we're coming to you from our San Antonio studio. We're, we're, we are a syndicated radio show. We also have another station in 740 KTRH in Houston. But the border issues are definitely on everyone's radar if you are in Texas, especially South Texas. Yeah. But you're already feeling the effects because people that are coming in are being shipped all over. No one knows where they're going. Right. Um, and then there has been this discussion that the Biden administration wants to give every single illegal alien that was separated from their children $450,000. I think the American people are saying we've never even received $450,000. <laughs> so, <Sure>. so give <laughs> for, us an for update. For being citizens or even our right. veterans, you know, for example. Right. Uh, We'd love people that. People who've, yeah, you, you have families who, you know, loved ones fallen in the line of duty who, who haven't gotten that, you know. So um, it, it's really tremendous uh mm -hmm. in a negative sense of it's that this is even on the table yeah. uh, what's really tragic about it is is how they're going about it and it shows you know one of the one of the you know before i got to washington when i ran i you know i talked about how washington's broken congress is broken if it wasn't i'd rather stay at home you know spend a little more time with my kids but but uh just the need for us to work hard to preserve this nation and, and the wonderful place it's taken in history for the next generation uh, so I, I knew i was going into a mess but just to find where the pockets of corruption are and how deep it goes and how systemic and entrenched some of some of the things are uh, and this is just a perfect example of it we're not talking about proposed legislation you know they're not talking about introducing a bill and having a debate over it they're talking about s settling uh you know so you have left-leaning lawyers uh and, and in a sense i i wonder if it's even more about the lawyers and the take that they would get um, just from what i've seen working you know i i've seen this sue and settle was really big under the obama administration right. and uh and we're seeing it now and, and and in a sense what happens is is the government would put forth proposals and and knowing that they would be challenged uh, with the purposes of settling so that the federal government, your tax dollars would go to these groups, these beneficiaries in a sense who turn around and become donors uh, for campaigns. Um, and so this is tragic in the sense that we're, we, we need to be emphasizing and, and promoting a legal system, not an illegal one. So in the sense of border security, in the sense of immigration, this completely undermines the system. It, it's a slap in the face to everyone who's done it right. Um, my wife being one of them, by the way, uh, who is a naturalized citizen, we, we went through the process the right way, Correct. Uh, you know, and uh, and then so we're going to reward those who who aren't going through the process the right way, who aren't following the laws, who who aren't honoring that. But then turn around. It's it's these lawyers, it's these NGOs who are making the case against the federal government who are going to get a cut of this uh, and, and turn around. It's it's just tragic. Well, uh it, it's 
on so many levels. It, it, it almost seems uh, domestically treasonous, in my opinion. You know, if you're an American citizen, this is not what you want to do. But the Biden administration as well is allowing this rhetoric to continue on instead of instead of stopping it. No, we're not interested in that. But then again, this is all politics we're talking about. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to switch gears and we want to get on the infrastructure bill that just passed as of last week. Uh, we've got to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And we'll be right back. The 23rd World Petroleum Congress brings the global industry to the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, December 5th through 9th, 2021, for a week of forward-looking conversation that will shape the future of energy. The Congress will be centered around the theme of innovative energy solutions, drawing inspiration from the innovative spirit of the industry over the decades. Delegates can expect robust strategic, technical, and U.S. programs with perspectives from government leaders, CEOs, academia, and other expert speakers on the industry trends, as well as creative solutions and best practices to address current energy challenges. Delegates will have the opportunity to attend industry inside luncheons and numerous networking events that will build new professional relationships and strengthen existing ones. Also, they can explore the Congress exhibition where leading international companies will showcase their innovations. Make your mark at the World Petroleum Congress and be a part of the beginning of what's next. To learn more and register, visit www.23wpchouston.com. That's www.23wpchouston.com. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. Congressman Cloud, I just want to clear the air because um, I am a proud Mexican-American citizen myself, too. My family worked hard to come here legally. I don't think that any uh, American citizen, especially of Hispanic descent, uh, has anything against coming here. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But there is a proper way of doing it. We support that very right. much. And I don't think I support coming here illegally. Uh, that's why there's a process in place. I just wanted to clean that up because I am proud of where we come from, our family. Uh, but there's sure. a right way and a wrong way of doing it. And we yeah. appreciate you you making that uh, distinguishing, the distinguishing between the differences. It's all about legal versus illegal. You know, we want people to prosper everywhere. Uh, I'm on the interparliamentary group with Mexico. And when I sit with our counterparts in Mexico and I say, look, we're all God's children. We want people to prosper everywhere. Uh, it's an arrogant notion to think we fix all the world's problems by bringing everyone to the United States. What we can be is a shining city on a hill and let every nation know you live by the principles that have brought peace and prosperity to our nation. And you can have that in your nation. And we want to see that for you. You know, um, and when I said that, we got applause from from our counterparts in Mexico. Right. And yeah. So this is we, we care about all people. Cartels are taking advantage of every migrant that comes across uh, the border. It's a tragic, tragic situation, and we should not be hating and abetting it. I agree. Yeah, and I, you know, just my two cents, I think that uh, what Kim said about the issue is, is to a large extent why we're seeing uh, Hispanic voters moving away from Democrats and towards Republicans more and more as time goes on here in Texas. It's all over that border issue, but... Uh, so let's talk about something else, though. Let's move on to this uh, mm-hmm. infrastructure bill. We'll, we'll get on oil and gas. Um, 
Uh, the de Democrats yeah. did pass their infrastructure bill through the House uh, with the help of the votes of, I think, what was it, 13 of your Republican colleagues there in, in the House. Um, right. To look at the positive side of this, you know, what I personally view as a very bloated uh, bill with a lot of unnecessary spending in it, it does have infrastructure spending in it. And I'm just curious, um, you know, is there parts of that that's earmarked for projects in Texas? You know, anytime you're going to spend that much money, there's always going to be <laughs> something good in it. <laughs> Hopefully, I, I say that as we're looking at reconciliation, and I may, I may <laughs> disagree with what I just said when it comes. Yeah, to that. that's so the next know. question. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, but uh, um, you know, generally speaking, you know, there's going to be something good in it, and and sure, there was money for roads and bridges and tunnels, and those are the things we're looking for. As significantly, uh, ports that were by and large left out of the the presbud uh, earlier in the year, there was some some money for that, and so we'll be looking to see what we can do to work with the programs and and, and get you know the the projects in Texas on the map for those projects or that funding. Uh, you know, the, the big issue with it, as you mentioned, was that it was bloated and we're looking at $30 trillion in debt. We're looking at inflation. We're looking at uh, costs of goods going up all over the place, supply chains breaking down, you know, all these sorts of things. Uh, and, and the inflation being a huge tax on the American people. And certainly as you know, we all look to, to the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas shopping and all those kind of things, you know, it's going to, it's going to be different this year for a lot of people. And as we head into the winter, some people just, you know, having to make those decisions between do I hate my home or not, you know, it's, it's really tragic uh, that we are undermining the energy industry here in the United States of America. It, it's, it's tragic that we're allowing this. Um, but, uh, but yes, we'll, we'll be looking to see what we can do to, to, to get, you know, projects funded to get roads built, to get uh, ports built and expanded and all those kind of things. Now, Congressman Cloud, I want to point out that you voted against it. You were not one yes. of the Sorry, Republicans. I didn't do that. That's okay. okay. <laughs> uh, you voted against it. And um, yes. I know that you are going to go in there and try to fight for some money for Texas for our infrastructure. Um, there's also always a discussion on, um, you know, Texas seems to be in Florida, the thorn in the Biden administration side, if you will, with rather we're talking about vaccines or we just don't seem to listen very well to what they want us to do. <laughs> and uh, so there always does seem to be where we seem to be somewhat of the redheaded stepchild to them, too. And so um, it'll be interesting to see what we do get allocated for Texas. When we come back from break, I want to get into the Green New Deal uh, bill as well. But we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org.
And we're back. Our guest today is Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. Congressman Cloud, previous uh, prior to the break, we were talking about the infrastructure bill in which uh, it passed as of late last week. A lot of it had a built-in Green New Deal. A lot of it involved uh, just bloating for social spending, labeled as Green New Deal, um, and allowing a lot of the renewables to try to compete uh, on the market in where they really can't pertaining to oil and gas. But it, right. it kind of also is, is, is questionable about President Biden's request for OPEC to, uh, to release and put more oil out on the global market and uh, produce more mm-hmm. so that way the America can re- uh, receive and, and, and lower these yeah. bloated uh, oil prices or gas prices that are happening at the pump. Um, and you hear the energy secretary, too, talking about that the oil and gas companies are not opening the spigot fast enough. What is your take on both of those topics there? Yeah, it's it's really a tell by this administration about what the real objectives are, uh, because if the real objectives were carbon emissions, for example, we wouldn't be stopping oil pipelines here, but asking Russia to build them. We wouldn't be not producing oil here where we do it cleaner, more responsibly than the rest of the world, and then asking uh, OPEC to up their production. And so what's the real play here is is the question, and even uh, many of the Green New Deal objectives play into China's hands because you have any green energy discussion has to start with rare earth minerals and and we're not hearing about mining in the u.s or friendly countries uh for rare earth minerals we're we're ceding our our control to china who controls 80 90 percent of the world's rare earth minerals Uh, so this is very much about ceding u.s strength to foreign nations many of them adversarial to to the United States, but even the the ethos of freedom and liberty and human uplift and, and human flourishing. And so that's what's really tragic uh, about what's going on right now. Uh, not only does it affect our nation, our economy, our families, but it's it's con- it's it's against it's contrary to the uh, the goals of liberty and freedom. Yeah. Yeah, and Congressman, I, you know, you guys, the, uh, the House Oversight Committee had this hearing around the 1st of November a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, the chairman of the committee, Carolyn Maloney, and some of the Democratic members made some pretty outrageous accusations uh, against the CEOs of these companies that were invited there to testify. And, and I know you asked some questions during that hearing as well, and I wanted to, to give you a chance to kind of talk about your take on, on is, is that hearing even productive, uh, a productive exercise to be having, frankly? It, it could be. Uh, it could be, a you know, if, if we were trying to really meet the objectives. But, you know, this isn't about the science. It's not about, again, climate policy or anything like that. It's truly about ceding our our strength to these. And, and what we're seeing is, what we're not seeing, I should say, is as the U.S. reduces our production, we're not seeing other nations adopt green energy. What we're seeing them do is to find other sources. So right. instead of buying energy from us, they find other nations, again, who are producing it less responsibly, less sustainably, less, you know, with all those parameters. Uh, doing it at a diminished value uh, than we are. And so, for example, we see China striking a deal with Qatar 
you know, for the first time to to get energy and in return cutters buying ships from China, so increasing their shipbuilding <laughs> capability. Uh, you know, this this is not the direction we want to be going. And really, what this goes back to, uh, I gave a speech on the House floor recently that talked about this transition to a multipolar world. There was a, a U.S. Intelligence Council report that came out some years ago. I think it was 2007 uh, that said we're we're going into a multipolar world. Uh, they said it was inevitable, and they said it was inevitable for two reasons. One, we were sending oil and gas revenues overseas, and we were sending manufacturing overseas. And because of that, we could not stop this. We could not stop the decline of America and other nations, you know, replacing us on, on the world stage as a world leader. Now, in the last administration, we saw how easily those two things could be reversed. Right. And that very quickly, we became an energy dominant nation and we began to see manufacturing coming back home. Uh, so uh, that was the real issue that much of the establishment had with the Trump administration was the fact that they were going counter to what was the conventional wisdom of the inevitable American decline. Uh, and, and so that's how important the oil and gas industry is to the United States of, of America, but really the, the principles that the United States of America represent throughout the world, uh, that of human uplift, that of people being free to determine their own destiny and, and all those wonderful things that we hold dear as Americans. Congressman Cloud, as a child, I remember growing up in Houston and I remember sitting in lines and lines uh, hours waiting for gas prices, seeing fights breaking out, um, scared to death in my parents' uh, Mustang, little old Mustang we had. And here's the question. Democrats now are pressuring, uh, Democrats in Congress are pressuring the president to halt the exporting ban of U.S. crude. Um, and I bring that up because when that ban, that was what led up to it, was we were assumed we were running out of, of oil and gas here. So the ban was put in place. It's been lifted, and now we see what you said earlier in the show. We are ener- energy dominant. We are no longer required to get energy or, or, or we're dependent on other countries, which also leads us into wars, uh, potentially. And so now it, it appears as though they want to put this ban into effect. My question is, is this going to have a good effect globally <clears throat> on the supply chain and here at home? Is this going to help those energy prices that – uh, President Biden no, yeah. talks about. I mean, I see, I see a mess occurring for the United States of America, and everything's just going to get ten mm-hmm. times worse. Um, we are going to take a break, so I'm going to give you about thirty seconds, and we'll pick it back up on the other side. Tell us what's <laughs> wrong with this philosophy. Yeah. The short answer is no. You know, just previous to COVID, we have to remember we knew how to make the economy work. We had a flourishing economy. So it's not like we have to figure this out. We just have to get back to the principles that we're working. Uh, We need to let people, the American people, do their best work. And from a government standpoint, our job is to protect and provide that environment that allows them to do that. And, and, And if we do that, the American people will innovate and will win the day and also help the world in the process. Well, I do hope that the listeners of this show remember those days um, because they were not fun. And <laughs> and we certainly no, never want to return back to that time, uh, not in my mind. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
The 23rd World Petroleum Congress brings the global industry to the energy capital of the world, Houston, Texas, December 5th through 9th, 2021, for a week of forward-looking conversation that will shape the future of energy. The Congress will be centered around the theme of innovative energy solutions, drawing inspiration from the innovative spirit of the industry over the decades. Delegates can expect robust strategic, technical, and U.S. programs with perspectives from government leaders, CEOs, academia, and other expert speakers on the industry trends, as well as creative solutions and best practices to address current energy challenges. Delegates will have the opportunity to attend industry inside luncheons and numerous networking events that will build new professional relationships and strengthen existing ones. Also, they can explore the Congress exhibition where leading international companies will showcase their innovations. Make your mark at the World Petroleum Congress and be a part of the beginning of what's next. To learn more and register, visit www.23wpchouston.com. That's www.23wpchouston.com. We're back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Congressman Cloud of the 27th District. Congressman, uh, uh, another idea we've been talking about all these, uh, how the Biden administration is, and 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 his lieutenants have been casting about trying to be seen as doing something about high gasoline prices, which are a dollar and a quarter higher than they were when he was elected. Um, and you know, one another one of these ideas that they're floating right now is is releasing millions of barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve, which is there for a reason, uh, and also talking to other countries to do the same to temporarily put more crude on the market. Um, but in, I mean, okay, it, is that any kind of real solution to high gasoline prices? Doing something like that. I certainly think it's not the the right approach. You know, the best approach is to get Americans back to work, to let the American people continue to produce and to export uh, to the rest of the world. You know, and and let's fix this on the supply side. We can do this. We have what it takes. Uh, And the resources from getting people back to work is what helps provide for good schools. It helps provide for good medical care. It helps these families, uh, you know, prosper and grow and, and all these sorts of things. So it's the sound energy policy. Uh, but it's also what, what's helped, what helps these American families the best, you know, and there, there's a sense among, you know, in any time throughout history, when you see authoritarian regimes take over, they first create the problem and then have to step in as the solution to fix the problem. And that's what we see here going on. And, and this ties a little bit back to what we were saying just a few minutes ago about the push to a multipolar world. As vice president, Biden gave a speech in the Ukraine in which he said of the Obama-Biden administration, he said, we're trying to create a multipolar world. So they're part of this global cabal that's trying to weaken the United States of America uh, and cede our authority. That intelligence report mentioned, talked about it in the context of history. They said never in history, this is unprecedented in history, the transfer that's happening out of power and influence and wealth from west to the east. Uh, and it's happening for those reasons. Uh, so we need to put a stop to that. It's a fleecing of the American people, uh, and energy plays a huge role in us continuing to secure, continuing to have the positive influence we've had uh, throughout history and throughout the world, uh, and, and also providing for the families uh, within our borders. 
Yeah, and you, you mentioned the word authoritarian a minute ago um, uh, during that discussion. And, and I, I think it's, I mean, isn't that really kind of what we're seeing here from this administration, a move to a more authoritarian posture with a kind of a strongman president signing hundreds of executive orders um, and, and, you know, just kind of and, and using COVID as an excuse to exert more and yeah. more control over the population opening the borders so that we get flooded from other countries. Um, isn't this all kind of a, a, an organized move to a more authoritarian yeah, and, form of government? And especially, con- especially concerning is the unequal application of justice yeah. uh, that we're seeing right now. Uh, you know, that, that is extremely troubling for any civilized society in history. And, and so all those things that you mentioned, you know, the, the mandates coming down from the federal government, you know, uh, we're all for the investment that happened to help. You know, it, it's amazing we're able to have a vaccine available, uh, get the information out, make sure that information is accurate, which is very questionable. You know, we've seen the very leaders on those issues flip flop, uh, you know, tons of <laughs> times, confuse the American people about what's real and what's not. We've seen information suppressed that didn't line up with the, you know, and that's not science. You know, that's not the scientific formula that we all learned in eighth grade, right? Uh, where you put all the ideas on the table, you test them, and you figure out what's right. That's not what we're seeing when it comes to any of this going on. Um, and, and it's a troubling, troubling place, a troubling time for the United States right now. You know, I guess if there's any good news out of it, though, I mean, as we saw in Virginia and even in New Jersey uh, in these recent elections, we had this House district in San Antonio here in Texas flip to the Republicans. Mm -hmm. This is not really working out. It's not playing well with the American public right now. We've seen all these Democrats starting to retire from Congress. Do you expect to see more of that as we go into 2022? I, I do. I do believe to, to see it. And, and to be honest, it, it's been sad to see the extreme left socialists take over the D.C. Democrats because, you know, the Democrats I know in my community, uh, many of them, most of them, you know, will have a different view on, on how to get things done. Right. But but that's not what's happening. You know, we're able to work and, and work for what's best in, within our communities. But what's driving the narrative uh, when it comes to what's happening in Washington is this so push towards socialists, this push toward Marxism. It's devastating for people, for humanity. It's failed every time it's been been tried. And like you said, the silver lining is, is that a lot of this push has been happening kind of under the water level for, you know, decades, even, uh, you know, you can make the case for, uh, the good news is that the American people are now seeing it for what it is. It's being revealed to, for the ugliness that it is and the American people are responding appropriately. Um, and, and so that's the good news. We have some tough times ahead. Uh, but, you know, and certainly the next election matters and the election after that matters. But some of the issues we, we have to deal with are, are generational issues. And we're seeing that when it comes to moms standing up in school board meetings, you know, for example. Right. Uh, and again, when you talk about authoritarianism, who would have thought the Department of Justice would, would be coming down on parents uh, in, in school board meetings? And, uh, you know, you mentioned that committee hearing uh, that we had. One of the questions I had was, you know, what do you consider to really be, you know, if you had to rank the threats that we're facing as a nation, now we talk about China, hypersonic missiles. We talk about uh, energy uh, and what's going on. Uh, when do parents at school board meetings? Where does that rate on your right? Right. On, you know, and it's it's just if it wasn't true, it would 
be this is the kind of stuff we're seeing is stuff you would think would be satire uh but it, it's it's tragically real. coming out of this administration right it's real uh congressman cloud one last question you um are up for election as well will you be sinking another term and we sure hope so because we need really good people <laughs> in DC fighting the good fight and, and you are definitely one of them will you be rerunning well, thank you thank you I, I appreciate it yes we did file uh file this week and and so it's official uh we're, breaking we're news. running again and uh, yeah break breaking news you heard it here and uh yeah like i mean all the things we talked about we're in the middle of a fight and uh i, I want to see it through um you know, and get through the this season that we're in as a nation and to put us back on right footing, at least put us on the right course again. You know, we'll always be working toward that more perfect union. So the job will never be done. Right. But uh, we, we've certainly got to t- turn a corner when it comes to protecting and preserving and making sure that the next generation at least has a chance at liberty. Correct. I would say what we need is uh, I wouldn't say we need more. We do need Republicans because they seem to be the ones that seem to be leaning towards, you know, conservatism conservatism and americanism if you will and um yeah. experienced leadership down there and navigating through those waters and not being intimidated by them as well is something that we need as well so we are i am glad you are rerunning congressman cloud that is all the time we have for this show of in the old patch radio show but we do look forward to catching back up with you soon i'm sure we probably will as there's so much <laughs> going on uh and you represent one of the best districts uh, in the state of Texas, yes, District Twenty Seven. <laughs> Thank you, Congressman Cloud, for joining us today. Thank you. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host Kim Bellotto will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.